Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Pelicans podcast. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank. This is a sportsethos.com presentation. You can follow us on Twitter at Ethos Pelicans at Lyle Swithenbank. There's been a little bit of a break in between drinks. I don't know what happened there, but the week got away from me and we didn't get out uh, a post game show after the Cavs. So we're going to have a chat about that today. But of course, there's been a bit going on in this last six days since the, the last episode dropped. We spoke to Will Guillory pre-trade deadline and talked about guys that they've been uh, mentioned with. And uh, then we had the trade deadline and a bit of a, a small blip, I think. Uh, there'll be a, a sector of Pelicans Twitter that'll be happy with the move. Others that are unhappy, that's the way basketball and sports uh, fandom goes. People are happy with some things and unhappy with others. Um... So we'll get to the trade today, but I suppose first off the rank, we'll, we'll start with the news of the day. Uh, I woke up this morning and found out that David Griffin held a press conference, and it's never really the best uh, situation when he does that. It doesn't ever seem to be good news, um, well, not very often, and uh, it was in conjunction with welcoming Josh Richardson. So, I mean, that aside, you know, welcome Josh, we're, we're really happy to have you here, and I think you can be a great contributor, but... The big news of it was that uh, Zion Williamson has re-injured his hamstring or re-aggravated it, I think was the terminology, uh, while returning to play. Doing his rehab three on three, he was playing and uh, and he's pinged it again. So I don't know how, if I have to go back and cut little bits out of my previous podcast and said I've had hamstrings and every time it feels good, give it another week. And uh, we may have not taken uh, old Lyle's advice and instead uh, decided to push it a little bit too hard. Um, I did see a stat, someone tweeted, it was one of the Twitter doctors, make of that what you will, uh, that you know 80% of hamstring injuries in the NBA get re-aggravated. And we see that all the time, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, guys like that, that have these, um, 
these hamstring injuries, the soft tissues tend to do it a couple of times uh, before they really get it uh, nice and strong and and give it the time it needs. Hamstrings are so fickle um, and you just feel right. And I'll tell you from experience, you just feel right. You feel like you can go. And it's the one time you do something that you haven't been practicing. So you've run, you've practiced your sprints, feel good. You've practiced your jumping, feels okay. You jab left once and it goes. It's honestly because you just didn't do it. And then you try something a little bit different and uh, and it doesn't like it. So really um, disappointing news for us. So heading into the All-Star break, uh, apparently they did know this for a while, but... Um, you know, that's only just been announced recently and may explain why we had a quieter trade period. Uh, you know, didn't go all in for OG and Obi or anything like that. But also sounds like um, that was just a, a pipe dream anyway. But we'll get to that any uh, anyhow as we progress. So what does this Zion news mean to the Pelicans? Well, I mean, obviously not a great uh, good thing for us when we were playing and we had him, you know, we were in the top 10 in offense, top 10 in defense. We were looking really good. Uh, he's an electric player, NBA all, all-star starter. And, um, you know, he was, was tracking into that MVP conversation. He makes us better. The whole team is built to play off of him and his gravity. So it pushes us back again. When they say it's going to be multiple weeks, well, it's at least two then um, after the all-star break. So... That pushes us back into that uh, uh, that end game where we do have arguably an easier schedule. They've ranked it as the easiest um, home schedule um, or run home to the playoffs in the NBA. But again, you still got to win them. You know, you're still coming up against NBA teams, and you're saying that's the easiest based on their current standing positions. But we all know in January and February and, and March. Teams start to just give the young guys a run, especially ones that are not in contention, ones that are weaker, we say, um, for want of a better term. And the scouting reports are less, and these kids just have, like, blockbuster games because no one is is holding them to account. They just get to run amok. So you'll get that. You'll get guys that don't usually play, and, and coaches will start seeing what they've got as, we head in, as they head towards the offseason. So there's going to be players that you just don't expect beating you. And... This means that the Pelicans really need to be locked in. You can't take any night off. We know, as we've seen all of last year, this is this pretty much the same team as uh, we um, took into the playoffs last year. You know, We managed to have that good run behind Brandon Ingram's brilliance and CJ McCollum's acquisition, Larry Nance, all that. So we've got all those guys. But this time, you're not surprising anyone. People know what you are. People have seen how to beat you. People have beaten you. So the margin for error is so slim. We've heard this time and time again. For us to continue to win and string games together and get out of this dreaded, you know, 9, 10, um, you know, a 7, 8, 9, 10 play-in spots. We don't want that. We don't want to go through the hard bit. Have a rest before playoffs. You know, we need to bank these wins now. We've got two games before All-Star break. We've got OKC and we've got the Lakers. The Lakers completely overtooled their, uh, like retooled their roster. I don't know how they managed to do it and why everyone keeps helping them out. But anyway, you know, the return was not worth the price of admission. But anyway, they um, they managed to to swindle a few teams and, and get a few uh, few players without giving up much assets at all. So all, all credit to the uh, the Lakers front office for doing that. 
But um, we've got to take them on. You've also got to take on an OKC team that is right on the cusp of the plane. They're a bit up and down, and you know they they've got SGA who always gives us some some trouble. Giddy's a good player. Uh, they've got those Williams guys that uh, was Jay Will and Jay Will or something, uh, and and both of those guys are great players as well. And when you have players like that, you know Kenrich Williams is there as well. He always has a chip on his shoulder when he plays us because we got rid of him. Um, you can't take these teams lightly because they'll catch you. They'll catch you sleeping. And so if you're not on your game and Trey's not hitting his threes, or you know Najee doesn't be aggressive, or Bi has an off game, CJ shoots three of eleven or whatever he did the other game, you lose. So you've got to go mis- mismatch hunting. You've got to get people in their positions to to score, put them in the best position to score, and um, that is how you win these games going forward. We know Brandon Ingram's going to show up for the Lakers. We know that, and hopefully this isn't jinxing it, but we always know he loves to play against the Lakers. So if you get Brandon Ingram on a, on a hot night, he's going to carry you there. We saw that the other time, uh, last game that we played against him. And the supporting cast have to come to play until that such time that Zion comes back. I mean, what have we got left? We don't have many games left at all. Uh, you miss multiple weeks, you're eating into that. He might come back with two or three weeks left, or not even, in the season, and, and you know, he's playing 10 or 12 games for a playoff or play-in uh, tune-up. And that's to say that the hamstring heals as it's expected. Um, typically, a re-injury doesn't, isn't worse than, uh, you know, the, the initial injury. It's, it's just re-aggravation is what they've said. So, you know, say he misses... Oh gosh! Say he misses another three weeks. We're on the thirteenth of February today. Well, you get your All Star break next weekend. Then you got one, two, three. That's going to take you to the middle of March. It gives you maybe two weeks to get right, uh, and that's to say it heals properly. So now your back's against the wall, and we're up against the clock, which is not ideal whatsoever. I mean, currently in the standings, we're sitting seventh. So we're in the play-in, firmly entrenched in there. Uh, one game out of sixth and uh, well, two games out of fourth, basically, out of, yeah, fourth uh, behind. And so ahead of us is Dallas, Phoenix, and, and the Clippers. And Phoenix just got Devin Booker back and then went and got the big splash of the trade deadline and got Kevin Durant, which was incredible they managed to do that. The owner somehow fandangled his way in charge of the team two weeks early and uh, yeah, no, all credit to them that they managed to do that. But on the flip side, you're tied with Minnesota for 10th and you're only half a game uh, ahead of Golden State and you're only one game ahead of OKC. And then you have a look and Utah are 11 and a half. So they're two, and a half, two games behind us. Portland's two games behind us and Lakers are three. So the sense of urgency has to kick in. I know everyone's dragging themselves to the All-Star game, but... We're in winning time now. And every game that you should win, you have to win. And the pressure should be there from, you know, the, the front office. It should be there from the coaching staff. Is If you want to really prove that this team is sustainable and that, you know, these guys can uh, have sustainable success, as David Griffin time and time again likes to quote, you have to win the ones you're meant to. You're, gonna, you're not going to win every game. I'd love to. I'd love to tell you right now that, you know, I'd... I'd say that I, I bet my house on it, but I won't. I would never do that. Um, but you've got to win the ones you're meant to. 
You can drop the hard ones or a couple. You know, you want to steal a few of those as well, upset a few teams. But it is really difficult when the margin for error is slim. So, with that being said, we wish Zion all the very best in his recovery. That is not lost on me that there is a human there who has been hanging out the comeback. I got to see him live. We know that. And I feel so blessed to have been able to see him play and get his 43 points career high. That was unreal. And he's something else. I've never seen a player play like that on any level of basketball. He is completely and utterly unstoppable when he's going. We are a better team when we have him. So I wish him all the best. I know he's been desperate to be back. And, uh, you know, that's what happens sometimes is you get a little bit of a niggle in that uh, in that hamstring and, and then it becomes something much worse because you, you push it and ignore the your body saying just slow up a little bit. Or you don't feel it at all and it just goes. But that's... Um, that is the worst way that it happens, but disappointing. And, and we wish Zion all the very best with that recovery. So we're going to go to a break. We'll come back after this and then, uh, yeah, we'll continue the chat. We're going to have a talk about Josh Richardson. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Okay, well, welcome back to the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Swithenbank. Um, we're going to have a chat about a good friend, uh, Josh Richardson. So he was acquired in a trade. It was him and four, Devontae Graham, and four second-round draft picks. So instead of pushing in our, our plethora of uh, first-round draft picks, we, uh, we decided to go for... Um, a bit more of a conservative option, and it makes sense because your best player's out, and who knows what's going to happen there. Um, so we went and got like a veteran wing. He's listed as 6'5", 200 pounds in uh, in metric. That's 196 and 90 kegs. So he's 
two centimeters taller than me and 10 kilos lighter. So, you know, there you go. You've, you've basically gone and brought me to the team. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> uh, he was drafted uh, the 10th overall pick. Oh, yeah. In, uh, in the second round. So he was the 40th overall in the 2015 NBA draft and played his debut on November 5, 2015. He was drafted by the Miami Heat. Uh, went to Tennessee for college. Uh, right-handed shooter, uh, great Twitter presence. And if you're not following that, it's J underscore Rich One. It's very funny, and he's already interacting with people, which I love to see because fans love to see it. Uh, this season, he's played 42 games. He's averaging 11.5 points, uh, 3.3 assists, 43.6% field goal, 35.7 from three, and 88 and change from free throw. Um, PR of uh, or player efficiency rating, sorry, is uh, 13.9. So, you know, that's good. Over his career, 480 games, averages 12 points, uh, you know, 42.5 field goal, 36.5 three points, uh, 84 free throws. So, you know, that's up. Um, honestly, he's been, he's been really solid over his career and, uh, you know, he has that uh, that moniker of being a real junkyard dog, and Antonio Daniels talked about it on the spaces. Actually, if you haven't listened to that, the most recent one with Chris Connor, uh, he was very uh, complimentary of of uh, Josh and and what he brings. And he's a bit of a um, you know Swiss Army knife. He does a bit of everything. Another one of our types. You know, we have got Najee, Herb, Dyson, all these guys. The the long rangy wings. Trey's another one. Uh, so we just add another one in in. Um, Josh, one thing I really liked about this is his three-point attempts per game. Now, he's attempting just from three, 4.9 shots from three-point range a game, and that gives you 35%. So, I mean, of that five, he's hitting about, what, two a game, one and one and 1.8 or something like that. Uh, now, I'll, I'll take that because the threat to, to uh, shoot a three is what gives you the spacing. It's what gives Brandon Ingram the mid-range. It gives CJ McCollum the mid-range. It gives Jonas more room in the post. When Zion's back, it opens the lane up for him. The big knock on this team is that we had guys with great three-point percentage, but they don't shoot enough. So if you're not actually uh, shooting the ball, it makes it really, really tough to... You know, keep defenses accountable because they're just going to say, well, you know, maybe he'll shoot it, but he only shoots it one in five times, so who really cares from three? You know, Trey's the only true three-point threat that is consistently willing to shoot it, and even he gets chased off the line a fair bit. So you get more guys that are willing to shoot the ball, and I think, you know, that was a knock on Devontae Graham is that he really was, at the end, so afraid to shoot the ball that... It was to his detriment. And instead, he would come on and he'd, you know, he'd shoot the ball once. And as a guy that's a career 30-point shooter, you know, 33.3-point shooter, well, you need to be ready to shoot. That's what you were brought in to do. And then, obviously, your confidence disappears and then you can't hit anything anyway. Um, although, credit to Devontae getting traded to the Spurs, played straight away, gave him 31 um, in his first game, and, and Spurs Twitter was going off. So... Honestly, I'm really happy with the trade. I think getting a guy, a 29-year-old, he's been across what Miami, Philly, Dallas, Toronto, um, Boston, and then San Antonio. He's played across 
different teams. You know, he he has seen what uh, what good teams look like, and when you've got that, you know that that's important. It's important that uh, you can get guys, you know, that have seen different situations, that have been in playoff situations, that have been able to guard the best players. Because experience matters, you know. We've got a whole heap of second-year guys, second- and third-year guys that we rely on for big, big minutes. They haven't lived all this stuff. They've been to the playoffs once. You know, Brandon Ingram's our leader. He's been there once. He's played, what, six games. So you get these experienced guys. You know, you add the CJ. You add Larry Nash. You add guys like that. You add um, Josh Richardson. And they can give you that knowledge as well as provide a role. We cannot discount how important career role players are. Guys that are willing to defend and shoot the three. Three and D guys. We hear that, you know, uh, cliche sort of name all all that phrase all the time. But they're so important to have because it means that your best best scorer doesn't have to defend the best player all the time. There's a lot of two-way superstars, you know, Kawhi Leonard, guys like that. But if you could just have them scoring the basketball, well, you know, Brandon Ingram now doesn't have to go against someone decent. You've got another body to switch onto a, a, a top-level player. You can give Herb a rest. You can throw Dyson. You can have different guard lineups guarding. And it also allows you to continue to play that switching defense. If you're going to play a, a lineup of a whole heap of six foot five to six foot nine people, and everyone can play on everyone, especially in late-game situation, which Willie Green likes to do, you don't get exposed by having a guard on, by having a small guy. Before, you'd have Devontae Graham on, he's small. Guys would attack him because he is a smaller person. Doesn't make him any worse at defending, um, you know, but you get mismatches. People hunt mismatches. I'm sure against other six-foot people, Devontae's pretty solid. But it makes it tough when a guy's six-foot-seven and goes looking at you. Um, so, all in all, solid trade. We got rid of a few second-round draft picks. I mean, we've been very successful with them throughout the journey, but, uh, you know, you've only got 15 roster spots. And unless you're going to clear more spots, you've got EJ Liddell coming back. Is he getting a proper rookie contract next year? I don't know. You'd think so. After they gave him that two-way and have let him rehab all year, you'd think you'd sign him to a rookie deal. Well, if you're not going to... But that's one spot, so someone's got to go already for him to get promoted to the proper roster. Um, and then what? You know, so there's these question marks in the off-season that we're going to have to address, but at the same time, you can't draft nine first-rounders like we have over the next five years. You just, like, where are they going to go? Um, particularly if you want to keep most of this roster intact or retool and get different guys. I don't know what their, their vision is, and that hasn't been well communicated um, I think overall as to what the uh, the actual strategy is an expectation on the team, but that's another whole question. So, that being said, welcome Josh, see you Devontae, you gave us some great memories, that half court, or well, three quarts of the way shot of the game winner against OKC, the Vegas uh, play, I'll never forget that, it was unreal, uh, you know, without that win, we don't make, well, we, we get out almost 10th in the play-in, if without the Utah game, I think we are 10th, um, and, and we don't get that home court advantage in the playing against the Spurs. So um, we appreciate what you brought, as well as we always we saw all of the uh, the, the character 
um, side of you in the locker room and what you brought to the young guys. I know you're a good vet for a, a heap of the young guys and uh, we appreciate what you you contributed and uh, you know wish you all the best at the Spurs. So, very good. So he might, uh, so Josh Richardson will wear number two. Uh, we assume he's going to play against the Thunder. I don't know if it's been announced yet. I know CJ has been listed as questionable with a sore right ankle. And that sort of segues us into the last um, part of the show where we were going to talk briefly about the Cavs game. Now, we ended up losing 118 to 107. The Cavs are absolutely stacked. Don't get me wrong. Garland, Mitchell, whoever the they want to put in the middle uh, at three. And then you've got, uh, you know, Mobley and Jared Allen. And when you've got these quality players, great connectors, you know, Garland uh, has the third and fourth best percentages for passes that result in dunks in the league, which is third, I think, to Allen and fourth is to Mobley. So when you've got a point guard that has such a good connection with their big players and then you've got an absolute scoring weapon like Donovan Mitchell who looks like he's gone to another level this year um, and taking the ball out of his hands a bit I think has been good having Garland there or playing alongside Garland what I didn't like was that really we we just played a little bit cautious a little bit uh, a little bit casual and a little bit like we thought it was just going to happen you know they came out and slapped us for every quarter except the last, and it was over by the end. You know, we were we probably scored a bit more when our bench deep bench came on. Good game from Brandon, 25 points. Uh, got to the line eight times, eight of 15 shooting, you know, had eight assists as well. What makes it tough is there wasn't really that second scorer. Trey Murphy was, was good in spurts, you know, seven of 13. He had two of five from three, and he was, a t- he was really aggressive in, in the beginning. They sort of took that away a bit and said, anyone else can beat us. And when you have CJ McCollum go and shoot four of 14, uh, hit miss five threes and, you know, half of his points, four of those five points come from the free throw line, it's hard to be, uh, you know, have that second fiddle really step up. And, and you need someone else to play outside their role to make up the scoring. Uh, you know, you want 25 from CJ and that's what you expect. And I know that's what he expects from himself. Um but honestly, it was a bit of a lackluster effort and disappointing nonetheless uh, and drop one on your home court where we've we've been playing pretty well. Not to take away from how good the Cavs were. They really made us do whatever they wanted and, uh, you know, we weren't... I don't think we were tough enough to really go with them and, and uh, they showed us why they're a contender in, in the Eastern Conference. I, think, I truly think, I think they're a really good team. But there was a question raised about CJ McCollum. So he's out now with a right ankle strain. But there's been a lot of talk about this sore hand. He's been having a little thumb brace when he plays. There was a picture that circulated uh, of him at Mardi Gras with his family. And he still had his thumb in that brace. Now, how bad is this thumb? Because when you rely on shooting to, you know, earn your dollars, well, if you can't, have your thumb, well, how much does that affect your shooting? And we've had a few spotty shooting uh, efforts through, from him throughout the uh, throughout the season. I know he's been on a bit of a tear recently and, and, you know, getting that scoring average up. But he's doing it on a pretty, you know, average efficiency. I think he could be better and, you know, more than happy to cop flack for that and people can show me the stats, but my eyes don't fail me. Um, 
but things like his ball handling and passing, he's always had a few errant passes in these last few weeks. And I'm just trying to think, is that because of that thumb? You know, that that thumb in the brace, it's annoying. It must be annoying when you're trying to shoot or dribble or, you know, take care of the ball. And if it gets knocked, how much does it hurt? So it's really something to watch. And I hope that we can just sort of drag ourselves with two wins uh, to finish this first half, I guess, or first three, two quarters of the year uh, or two thirds of the year. Uh, um, season to all-star break and just get everything right because we can't keep having guys at like 80%. I know guys, it's a long season, people get worn out and things like that, but if they're genuine concerns, we've got to get guys ready and, and you know, um, and healthier. And that, I think, has just been the theme of the whole whole year. You know, we talked about it from back in June. What do we expect from this team this year? Well, we could win everything if we stay healthy. And that was always the great asterisk. And I don't know how we're all psychic, but it all came true. So, you know, we could have beat, we were the number one team and then we got injured and uh, now we're here. So all in all, hopefully it'll be all right. I don't have any wild predictions as to how the season's going to go. I hope we beat OKC tomorrow. I, I expect the guys to, and that should be the expectation in the locker room is that you take care of business against this team. You're better than them. You're standing, say so. You've beaten them before. Um, so I expect you to come out and bring your A game and, and, and take care of business. So we'll see that. But that is tomorrow. So I think it's back to 7 p.m. game, which uh, I'm sure you guys are all much more uh, happy with after the, what was it, 9 p.m. the other day. That's woeful. Um, and then for the Cavs to dish us that, that was just, uh, I'm sure it was a wonderful experience. And I'm glad uh, you all got to live through it as I got to watch it um, in the evening. So I waited all day just to watch that. But anyway, you know, first world problems. We live. Um, so I'm going to leave it at that. We'll be back after the, the OKC game. We'll do, I'll make sure we get a post game out and we can have a chat. Then see what happens, see how it all transpires. But without anything else... We'll leave it at that. So this has been the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Swithenbank, at Ethos Pelicans on Twitter, at Lyle Swithenbank. Stay safe, and of course, bye for now. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.